Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. I want to invite you to look at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 13 to 27. And as you find Matthew 7, go ahead and rise with me so we can read it together. It's going to be Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. We're going to read all the way to 27. And he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit. For the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven... One day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on the house, but they did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the flood came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for for this opportunity you've given us to listen to what it is that you've left for us, Lord. We just ask that you continue to soften us and, and continue to allow us to understand your words, Father. And, and we just ask that whatever it is that I speak, Lord, may not be my words, but your words, that we may be glorified in you and in who you are, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you noticed, but, but I skipped a few verses uh, that come before this, uh, but I will go back to those. We will go eventually go back to those verses and look at it maybe next week. But I did so because I felt there's there's an urgency due to recent events, things that have happened on uh, the last couple of weeks. And this is not something in particular, right? I'm not talking about something one person did or or one particular event that happened that kind of drew me to to have this urgency to speak on these verses 
it wasn't one person, it wasn't one specific thing, it wasn't even a specific church or something one church did, but it's been a combination of things. There's been a lot of things happening all at once, kind of almost too much, uh, kind of hard to deal with and kind of hard to keep up with. But there's just been nonstop stuff that's happening with the church, that's happening with people's life, that's happening all around us. It's just, it's just kind of all brushed down in, in the last couple of weeks. So I've had this urgency to, to kind of look at the ending of this sermon that Jesus uh, spoke on, the, on, the, uh, on that mount. See, we, we've entered this year, right? Just two weeks, I think, right? It's been two weeks since we've entered the new year. I've already heard many New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do things better, right? I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But many have found themselves in the same place they found themselves last year and the year before that. They found themselves discouraged because they already failed their New Year's resolution. There's been an emotional roller coaster the last couple of weeks, and that has been in full swing. I mean, I've had conversations with so many people, and, and, and the emotions, even in my own house, even with me, the emotions are just, they're just high. A lot of stuff is happening, and our emotions are just going crazy. I mean, we've been living one of the hardest times in, in our lives. They said, well, you know, bad things have happened throughout history. Yeah, I get it, but I wasn't there. None of us were, and this is the history that God has given us to live in. And this right now is one of the hardest moments I think we have lived in our time. There's a lot of uncertainties, a lot of unknown. And this brings a lot of pain and a lot of stress and a lot of struggles and a lot of doubt. Even brings some fear. We've seen loneliness, anxiety, and that's just to name come up, come just to name some of the common ones, right? We all know there's a lot more happening, but those are just the basic common things that we've been feeling because of this time that we're living. And I'm not saying these emotions that we have are bad, but like I was recently reminded. What are those emotions leading you to do? Because emotions are not bad. What you do with those emotions is what matters. So what exactly are those emotions leading us to do? I mean, we're seeing our nation hurting. We're seeing all these things that are happening in the capital, especially this week. And it's not just something that just magically happened. We've been seeing for the last year almost nonstop riots. You know, we've seen people get hurt. We've seen lies upon lies. We've seen divisions from all kinds of places. Government and people are in two different places, two different ideas, two different thoughts. And even then, within a, those same groups of people are just divided with their own ideas and their own thoughts. You know, people are not sure what to think or what to say anymore. You know, you may, you may feel like you're thinking of something and you want to say it, but then somebody else is going to be like, oh, you're crazy. And so we're afraid of just speaking our mind or, or feeling certain things. 
or we're looking for truth in men, and then we're realizing that we can't find truth in men. And that's just outside, right? Because this is happening to everyone. It's not just us. And then in here, us, as the church, I mean, we've gone through some, some words that, that Jesus spoke that affect every single part of our lives. We've, we've been forced to, to take a step back and, and look to see if we're living like people who belong to the kingdom of God. I mean, have you recognized if you're broken? We've, we've been forced to recognize how broken we are. We have recognized we're, we're dependent on a Savior who makes us righteous, not by anything we did, but by His love and His mercy. You know, I have found great conviction in everything that Jesus has spoken to us in the last couple of weeks. I found a lot of conviction, and I hope you have found the same conviction. I hope that these words have made some kind of difference in your life. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today. Because we, we see everything that's happening. We see everything that's happening around us with our families, with our friends, with the country, with the nation. We're seeing everything that is affecting us. We see everything that Jesus said in, in all this small sermon that he had on that mountain. And no matter what's happening, and no matter what point in time we are, it comes to a point that we have to make a decision. There's some time in our life that after listening to so much, it's time to choose. I mean, look, we can listen and we can study Jesus' sermon over and over again until our face turns blue. But at some point, we have to decide whether we're going to be obedient or not. And I, and I really do hope you understand my urgency because listening without obedience is nothing. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is listening. You have to obey. You have to take action. You have to make choices. And here, Jesus, with, with some three simple illustrations, but very important illustrations, he points to decisions that we all need to make. He says, which path are you going to choose? Who's going to influence you? And what is the foundation that you're going to build on? That's what Jesus is calling us to choose. What choice are you going to make? Let's take a look at those choices that Jesus has laid out for us in this ending of the sermon. And that's what's great about this sermon, right? We looked at this sermon in pieces, right? When you look at the whole sermon, that is exactly how anyone should preach, right? You talk, you, you, you give some examples, but then there's a call to answer at the end. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, look, I said all this. Now it's time to make a choice. And let's start with the narrow 
versus the wide gates. And you can see that in verse 13 and 14, where it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and it's easy, and that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So, so we've been, I have been hearing a lot lately, right? When we just have conversation with those outside, you, you, you hear this is very common. They say a lot of it. It doesn't matter which path you're going to take. If God is real, it's all going to lead us to the same thing. It doesn't matter what path. You can be anywhere. You can take whatever life choices you want. God is real. You're going to find God eventually. Whatever God and everyone's going to be saved. That's what I've been hearing a lot lately. And it leads to people thinking that we just find, you know, comfort, right? We're just here to find comfort, and we're just here to find happiness, and everything else is going to take care of itself. Don't worry. Just be happy. Don't worry about anything. Just live out your life. Find happiness. Whatever it is that makes you happy. Find it. Live it. And God is good. Don't worry. You'll be saved. Live your best life now because that's the purpose of your life. To live it to the fullest. Some have even looked at Jesus' words and rejected them because, hey, loving God is not going to send you to hell. So yeah, that, I don't know what Jesus is talking about. That's, he's not talking about that. You know, some say we just need to coexist and go with society, right? Because every society has its own idea of God. And whatever it is, as long as it's genuinely believe it, that's fine. You'll be safe. It's okay. Every society has its own God, and that's fine. For here's what Jesus is saying. There are two gates. One gate is narrow. The path is hard. But the word is life. There's another gate that is wide. The path is easy, but the reward is death. It's destruction. See, he's not saying there are many gates, there are many paths, which all lead to the same thing. It's not what Jesus said. That's not what he's saying. There are two gates. Each one has its own path, and each one leads to a different outcome. So Jesus, rather than saying that, you know, what everyone wants to believe, right? He's saying, hey, you only got two choices. You don't have hundreds of choices like we all want to think we do. You got two choices. The white gate, which is the easy path. And it's easy because it doesn't require much from you. It's very easy. That's why everyone takes it. It doesn't require anything. You don't have to really make sacrifices unless it's for your own personal uh, selfish reasons, right? And of course, since the only time we make sacrifices for ourselves, I could do that. Right? I'll sacrifice, you know, not eating that extra, you know, piece of meat. And say, well, oh, you're gonna you're gonna be healthy. No, because I want that cheesecake. So I'm sacrificing for that cheesecake. Selfish reason, right? We sac it's 
It's easy to sacrifice for yourself, but it's hard when you've got to sacrifice for somebody else. It's different. You know, you, this gate is so easy. Your own rules. You make your own commands. You live the way you want to live. Do whatever you want, when you want. It's up to you. You make your moral standards. Everyone's correct. Everyone's true. Do what you want. Be happy. That's why it's so easy to take this path. That's why everyone takes this path because it doesn't really require much. But then you have the narrow gate, which is a hard path. And it's hard because it requires sacrifice. You know, those sacrifices you have to make for others, where you have to sacrifice your own feelings, your own needs for others. This is the path that comes with persecution. We all know it comes with persecution. Jesus was persecuted. Why wouldn't we? And right now as we speak, there are people being persecuted and killed and their churches are getting burned down. As we speak, what you believe because of what you believe while you're talking about what you believe. We all have. As soon as we open our mouth, there's somebody who's going to reject us. So this path is difficult. I mean, it's hard because we, we're giving up pleasures and comfort. Right? How many of us can say, you know what? Comfortable right now with a hot cocoa on my couch with some scrambled eggs, a little running, not dry. <laughs> right? Watching TV in my house. Right? That's comfort. But we got up. We put on as many sweaters that we can find because we don't own that much because we don't get cold. And we came. A sacrifice. That's getting out of your comfort, right? It requires that you die to yourself and carry your cross. This is for everyone. We think, oh, no, you know, sometimes we, we, certain sins we got to give up. Okay, you know, give up your selfish desires. We are all required to give up something. So it's hard. It's a hard path. Not many take it. Very few find it. And only one of these paths ends with life. There's only one. He didn't say both are going to end with life. He says only one. The narrow gate is the one that leads to life. You know, apart from the reasons that, that I already gave that makes this so hard, the reason this hard path is the path that gives you life is because recognizing that you're broken and that you're a sinner is hard. It's hard to recognize that you need help. It's hard. I've been there. It's hard to say, hey, you know, I need some help. I am, I'm in trouble. I'm doing things that I shouldn't be. That's hard. And so it's been harder to recognize that you are yourself a sinner. No one wants to say that word these days anymore. No one wants to feel like you're, you're, like you're a failure. Nobody you go and get, right? If you don't have nothing, it's because you're not working hard enough. Go, you deserve it. Go get it. But when you realize that you're broken, you're, you're going to recognize that you're going to need a Savior. And that's, why that, that's why this path is the one that leads to life. Because in your brokenness, you're going to say, I need someone to fix me. 
This is the path that gives you light because we, we have, we're, we're recognizing that you must give your time. We must give your work. We must give your money, your effort without expecting anything in return. It's hard because we got to do that. I mean, how many, how many have done something for someone and not even receive anything in return? But when you recognize that you don't give to receive, then God rewards you and He rewards you with a gift that the world can't even provide for you. And that is life. Because now you're being obedient. Now you're listening. Now you're saying, okay, I'm giving because I love you. Because God loves me. He gave me something. I don't need anything. I'm going to give it to you. Because I already have what I need, which is life. And when you recognize that we give without expecting anything, you're being obedient. Therefore, there comes life. Right? We talked about that last week. And yeah, it's hard because you must seek the things of God while you watch those around you gain more and more value. Yes, I know it's hard. I mean, you could have had a car if you just didn't give that tithe this week or this month. You could have probably had a nicer car because we could have been driving a Mercedes if we didn't give money. I remember one time we were trying to, a long time ago, purchase a house, and the banker said, why do you guys give money to the church? You know, if you wouldn't, I will give you a higher loan. It's like, yeah, that means a bigger house. Wow, what a, what a sacrifice, right? Because I know, and everybody else who, who's not giving can get that $400,000 loan and can have the bigger house because they're not giving to anybody. They're just taking it all in for themselves. Yes, it's hard because we're seeing that. But there are only two gates. Which one is going to be your choice? Let me tell you, it's not always easy and obvious, the choice that you have to make. But here's the thing. You have to pick one. It might not be easy, but you have to pick one. You know, and we've been led to believe that different paths lead to the same destination, but that's a lie. And we and don't be fooled by others. Don't just go with what everybody else is going, because not many choose the right path. You say, oh, I'm going to do the same thing everybody's doing. More likely, they all chose the wrong one. Don't choose what everyone is choosing. So ask yourself, would you go through the wide gate or the narrow gate? Would you walk the way that is broad or, or the way that is narrow? Are you going to walk with the crowds or walk with the few? Are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? I mean, those are important questions. I was reading this article on Table Talk magazine. I'm not sure who wrote it. It didn't have anyone's name on it, so I don't know. This person wrote, we will either follow Christ wholeheartedly or we will go down the path of destruction. I wrote of eternal damnation. And look, it's not about living perfect. I'm not talking about, hey, you guys need to live a perfect life, okay? We're all going to hell. It's not. It's about choosing to be obedient or be rebellious against God. That's what it is about. You make your choice. And I urge you to think about it. 
about this decision because there's only one outcome based on what you're going to choose. So then as we continue, right, we see what's happening, see what Jesus is saying, and now we have to choose whether we are influenced by false prophets or true teachers. And everyone at some point has to ask themselves who is going to be the influence in our lives. Look at verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware. That means you got to choose if you're going to be aware or not. And it's kind of kind of rolling over to this here. Uh, and I know most have read news and, and, and all this. You know, it's, it's true and false, right? This is the issue. Who is speaking truth and who is speaking false? What news Article should I read? What station should I listen to? Who is saying the truth, right? Aren't we all kind of confused by now? I don't know what's true or not. You know, what source is the truth? And then on top of that, we have to deal with fallen church leaders. Where church leaders are quitting. And all these fake and false prophecies. Every single one of them so far has not come to pass. So based on old school rules, there should be a lot of dead prophets right now, but I'm not going to say anything. But so many prophecies, so many people coming out with prophecies, we, so many leaders, so many teachers just quitting the church, not believing in God anymore, so many fallen. I mean, we've, we've heard the last latest news on Rabbi. Some of us are like, oh, oh Rabbi, oh, man. But here's another choice that we have to make. Who are you going to allow to influence you? I mean, Jesus just told us about two paths. One specific is going to lead us to destruction. Now, he reminds us that there are going to be many that who are going to try to lead you down that path. There are going to many, to be many within the church, outside, within, that are going to lead you down that path. You know, in this world, we're, we're going to eventually come in contact with two types of prophets. And when I say prophets, we're, we're talking about foretelling prophets, right? Not foretelling. We're not looking for anybody who gives us future events that are going to happen that no one knows about, right? That's not the prophets we're looking for. We're looking for prophets that are going to foretell the Word of God, right? And we're going to have eventually come across two types. And it's not always going to be easy to spot them because... They would look like sheep, right? The prophets dress as which they're going to teach false doctrine. You know, they rather than point you to Christ, they're going to point you to self-righteousness. Rather than point you to crisis, they're going to try to lift you up rather than lifting Christ. You know, false prophets are by nature out to deceive you. They may even sometimes deceive themselves. I mean, have you ever, ever heard one of those really bad we all know they're bad. And we're like, oh, this guy, this preacher guy, really, this is bad. But we're listening to it anyways. And then we're like, man, can you, how does he even believe that himself? You have to understand that they do believe that trash that they're speaking. Sometimes they believe it. They're like, we all know it's like, how can they, are they reading the same verses I am reading? But they believe that garbage. So they're preaching it. So they're going to deceive themselves. But 
Markley says the basic fault of a false prophet is self-interest. And they're looking at those rewards, right? It's all about me. It's all about them. It's all about themselves. You know, they even use the church as benefits, right? That's, well, I'm going to get the church to get me that jet that I really want. And then you have true prophets. You know, they'll te teach you the truth of Christ, even when it's offensive. Because they know that God will be glorified in your life. Those are true teachers. Like verse 16 says, you can tell they're true prophets by their fruits. And we've gone through this. We've gone through all that. And having fruits doesn't mean you're a perfect person. There's no leader. There's no teacher who God has ever appointed that's been perfect. Not one. I remember a single one. And even back in the Old Testament, none of those that God has placed anywhere has been perfect. So we got to stop looking for perfection to pay attention to the way they're living, you know, their lives. If they're teaching one thing and they're living otherwise, a false teacher. If they are teaching something and living it, they're teaching the correct thing and living the correct thing. And those are fruits. We have to pay attention to the content of their teaching. And how do you do that? Hey, read the Bible yourself. You know, we, we like to, you know, spend every day, all the time, listening to everybody else talk about the Bible. How about you open it and read it yourself? That's how you're going to know if what I'm speaking is true or not. If my context is good, you're going to know because you read it yourself. We should pay attention to the effects of their teaching. Those who are listening, you know, are they all of a sudden more sinning? It may not always be the case. There's sometimes that you're going to sit here and you're going to listen. And you're going to be like, yeah, I'm still going to do whatever I want. Yeah, of course, we have those, but not everyone's going to. And the more we read and study God's word, the better we will be able to identify those false prophets their lies and it's our responsibility it's your responsibility and it's not my responsibility for you it's your responsibility for yourself you have to examine those who you let teach you you yourself are responsible for discerning the truth and the lies so either you're going to look and keep guard and listen to those teachers who preach truth or you would just listen to anyone that can tickle your ears and make you feel better. It's up to you. You make that choice. But be careful. Because I've seen how people praise other people, you know, if there was true disciples just because in their conversation they mentioned God. They're like, oh, he's talking about God. He must be a Christian. First, we should never lift any man higher than Christ. Now, I'm not saying that there's to listen to this, you know, to this uh, teacher who teaches on this very good job. Yeah, I'm not saying let's trash everyone. That's not what I'm saying, okay? You have to acknowledge when, when a good teacher or pastor or a preacher or, or someone is really being used by God. We, we must acknowledge that. But we should never lift men you know, as, you know, we're all weak. 
but we're never going to lift men because we're all weak. Every man, every teacher, every preacher sins just like you all do, <laughs> just like I do. There's no perfect. Second, just because they claim to know God doesn't mean that they do. Look at what Jesus says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord and Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. These are people which in God doesn't mean that they are true believers. So we all know, so we know that they're going to be a good teacher and they're going to be bad teachers. So we have to be aware of who you let influence your life. So you don't only choose the gate you go through, but you will be, you're also going to have to choose who will be the influence as you walk through that path. We all need some influence. I have influences. You all should have influences. Because we're walking down a path that is difficult. We need some influences. We need some good people to walk through that path with. So you have to choose who's going to be that. Finally, we have to choose the foundation in which we're going to stand. Look at verse 24. Everyone then who hears the words of mine and does the will will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Oh, because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears his words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the wind came and the storm came. The house just fell. See, there's going to be a time where in our lives, there's going to be shaking up. Our lives are going to be shaken up. This is not if your life is going to be shaking up. Maybe your life will be shaking up. No, it's going to be shaken at some point. It's going to be shaken. Everything we have built is going to rattle. And this goes for every single one of us. There's not one person in here that would not experience that. We're going to see trials come into our lives. We're going to see persecution come into our lives. I don't know what to do. Where is God? And definitely every single person will one day see Christ. And that's definitely going today that it will be shaken for all of us. Whether it's a good shake or a bad shake, it's going to be a shake. So it is important that you know what your foundation is built out of. See, and there's something important that Jesus is saying in this illustration. Just because both houses have been built on different foundations doesn't mean they look different on the outside. You can build on whichever foundation, the house is still going to look like a house. On the outside, you can look and it's going to be perfectly fine. And it's all going to look fine. It's all going to look the same until, until that storm hits. When that storm hits, We'll be looking at uh, some trailers uh, to buy trailers to move, you know, in that process that, you know, I talked about last week of downsizing and, and becoming more simple and, and uh, 
I mean, yeah. So we've, we've spoken, we look, and we asked, and, and we talk about, okay, hey, we're in Florida, right? Trailer, hurricanes, usually not a good mix, right? So as we look, right, we ask, and, and, and we say, hey, you know, how, how's, how are these houses holding up against a storm or against hurricanes, right? And they say, well, you know, the other trailers, they're not really built to withhandle storms or hurricanes, but there's new codes, new trailers that are being built that can withstand up to maybe three or four category hurricanes, right? You say, well, okay, any house trailer after 2013, we're all good, right? It's going to withstand a hurricane. But I've seen where old trailers can withstand hurricanes. So the idea is we won't know till the hurricane hits. 2013, hey, what year is that trailer? Oh, it's old trailer. How about that one? Oh, it's recent, 2013. Oh, it's new code. But until that storm hits, we're not going to know which foundation is really good or not. So you see, we think just because our outside looks fine that we're going to be fine. You know, we're healthy, we're strong. Yeah, everything's going to work out just fine. But in reality, you don't know how well you are until the storm comes. You see, the real foundation in our lives is usually hidden and is only proven in the storm. That's why we have trials. That's why we have all that come to us because we don't really know if we're going to really be grounded on Christ until that hits, until that big, difficult thing comes into our life. You know, this is one of those events in 2020 that really, we really saw who in the church was grounded on Christ, disappeared from the churches. We saw that. I'm sorry. I know that sucks to hear. Maybe somebody's listening to this record. How dare him? But we saw it. We saw it. Every church have seen it. I haven't spoken to one pastor who said, oh, yeah. No, we saw even so-called faithfuls just bloop. Disappear, never coming back. And one day many will be surprised when we see who truly is built upon the good foundation. One day we will see who was built on the good foundation. Because that storm is coming for everyone. It's going to come. So have you tested to see what your foundation is made out of. Which foundation are you going to choose to build on? And I know many will say, yeah, I'm listening. Of course, I'll take the good foundation. But I want to make this clear. Hearing God's word isn't enough to provide a secure foundation. We are also doers of his word. If you hear the words and leave them out when that storm comes, when the pain comes, when the chaos erupts in Washington, when the government fails to do their job, when men let you down, when the world rejects you, see, our lives are not going to be destroyed because we're obedient, because we build that foundation on Christ, who is the rock. And at the end, there's always 
You know, there's two ways to respond to everything Jesus spoke in the sermon. You put the sermon into practice and you obey. This is the response of a wise man. Listens, obeys. Or you can just ignore it. This is the response of the foolish. At his teaching. For here's what Matthew doesn't say. And the crowds went and obeyed. They were amazed. They heard. Yes, they were amazed. They, they saw the authority that Jesus had. But the majority of them, I'm pretty sure, they didn't respond to his calling. They just said, wow, what amazing speech. Let's go home. We have to remember something. And, and, and I like how, how Sinclair Ferguson says it. And I'm just going to quote him. And he says, Jesus did not preach in order to be admired for his skills. He preached to produce obedience. He preached it so that the authority people recognized might be realized in that can change who you are. So it's time to choose. Are you going to enter through the narrow gate that brings life or the wide gate that brings destruction? Are you going to be influenced by false teachers or true teachers? So are you going to submit or not? You have to make your choice. I cannot make this choice for you. I can only walk with you as you make the choice. But this is your choice. And it's an urgent choice. Because tomorrow is not promised. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect, or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week, and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Holy City Church.